Hello and welcome to a new week on Destination Tokyo from myself, Mark Shardlow. And today, going for three in a row in Tokyo, it's triathlete Alistair Brownlee. But I just wanted to reflect on a few things over the weekend. Firstly, I guess it was inevitable, but it was still sad to see the confirmation over the weekend that there'll be no foreign spectators at the Games in an unprecedented move. And what struck me at the Games that I've been to is that often this is the moment for the mums and dads and other family members who've seen their child put in the graph from a young age and lived the journey and probably been the taxi driver and the supporter on the sidelines for years and years and years. And the Olympic moment or the Paralympic moment is the moment when they see what all those hours and hours and miles and miles have been about. It's always been a very special time and I've always been privileged to be able to talk to the mums and dads as well as the athletes. So really sad to see that news, although as I said, inevitable. And sad too, really, for the investment that's happened in Tokyo. Those people that have put money into creating new shopping centres and arcades and new restaurants and dining experiences. It's such a shame that there won't be foreign visitors in Tokyo this summer. Now, if you were here this time last week, you'd have heard badminton pairing Lauren Smith and Marcus Ellis talking about lockdown at the prestigious All England Championships in Birmingham. Well, I'm pleased to say they had a really good week and they made it to the semi-finals of the mixed doubles. So well done, Lauren and Marcus. Lauren's over in France playing again this week and we'll hope to catch up with them in a few weeks' time. So just to let you know what's coming up this week, tomorrow we've got runner Tom Evans ahead of Friday's British Marathon shootout at Kew Gardens, an event that's going to decide who's off to Tokyo representing GB in the marathon and also the race walking. Later in the week, swimmer Alice Deering on her return to marathon swimming competition after more than a year away. She's just been out in Doha, so that'll be interesting to hear what Alice has to say. And less glamorous than Doha, perhaps, is Manchester. Ali Jawad, the powerlifter, is off there this week. He's not competed for even longer than Alice. And he's got an event this weekend which will determine whether or not he'll be off to Tokyo this summer. So that's coming up, but what of today? Alistair Brownlee won gold at both the London and Rio Olympic Games. And I caught up with him this weekend when I was sitting in on a conversation between him and the footballer Ellen White and Paralympian Richard Whitehead for Ellen and Richard's podcast, which is called Track and Ball. Well, Alistair was talking about moving up to the longer Ironman distances and then dropping back to go for a hat-trick in Tokyo. He's a bright guy. He was studying medicine at Cambridge, but left to return to train in Leeds, where he studied a degree in sports science and psychology, and then later a master's in finance. You can hear the whole interview at uh, Track and Ball podcast, but here's Ellen and Richard asking Alistair Brownlee about the tips and techniques he used for juggling sport and study. Yeah, I think you've got a lot of hours in the day. Firstly, you know, you can achieve a lot if you want. I think secondly, actually having other stuff outside your sport, I believe is a is a massive positive. Not only is it is a positive because sporting careers are fickle, we all know that, and that means you've got something after. But uh, I think it's a positive at the time because um, it gives you something else to think about. It means you're not completely involved. You're not, you're a bit immune to the, the lows and the, the highs of, of your sporting life. You You've got somewhere else to go and think about but also I think there's a a sense of kind of calm and just confidence coming from knowing that you've got other things you can fall back on and do if the sport isn't working out I don't think it's necessarily healthy for sport to be all 
to be the be all and end all. But people are, are definitely individual in that sense. Mm. And I think for you as well, that knowledge is power with your event. It's I think it's really important to be knowledgeable and utilizing that 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 wisdom, especially over your competitors. Is that is that something that you you work on at all? Yeah, I guess um, I've spent a long career trying to optimize all of the factors in you know that I can and and for me optimizing those at the end of the day means um, understanding them and understanding them yeah means getting to grips and, and studying them and and reading the kind of science and the literature speaking to people getting opinions collating those and making a decision um, and a, an informed decision at the, the end of it and yeah that doesn't mean I, I've done it all on my own I definitely haven't I had some fantastic supports and some you know world-class leading like individuals uh, but also I've reached out to people and, and learned stuff and, you know, experimented as well and learned new things. And yeah, I think for me, that has been important. Other people do it in other ways and completely rely on other people. But for me, that kind of uh, feeling of responsibility that at the end of the day, when I'm on the start line, I've taken the decisions to get me there and I've put the effort in and the work in to inform those decisions that that's been important you guys will both have some fascinating answers to this question but kind of sporting training environment encompasses loads of things doesn't it yeah for me the natural environment is one part of it the good inspiring views i mean that's definitely part of it facilities you know i've got to i've got to have access to a good pool the track gym you know you guys you've got to have facilities but actually that's only still a small part of training environment i think the people is enormous having great people to train with who you know, you can compete with, uh, fall out with if you need to and make up with, uh, have that healthy kind of competitive, en- encouraging in- environment <laughs> <laughs> at, at times, yeah. And uh, so I, I think that's that's an even that's an even bigger part of it. And yeah, so, uh, and for me, that, and then obviously people encompasses great coaches and all advisors, you know, athletic coaches, the, for me, the other things around it, so gym coaching, massage, physio, medical support, or nutrition, access to that as well. And I think all of that encompasses a great environment for, at the time. Yeah, I mean, the decision was that Leeds um, was the best place to kind of give me all of that. Definitely. And, you know, me and Rich have spoken about, you know, training is everything for us as athletes, like our bread and butter. You said it before about, you know, you're on the start line, you think about everything that you've done previously, all your training, everything leading up to that moment. Um, so, so what does like your training week look like? My, my weeks are fairly standard. I, I train every day. Monday and Fridays tend to be easy days or easier days. Um, <laughs> I swim five times a week, Monday to Friday. Some days, like a Tuesday, is like a, quite, a, quite an intense day, for example. So swim in the morning, very hard kind of top end swim very hard top end track session run uh, in the afternoon evening and an easy bike ride so there's kind of not that many hours of training as it were whereas a wednesday tends to be quite a long aerobic day swim in the morning for an hour and a half which is five or six k of swimming run the outside like 70 minutes which ends up probably being k of running and ride for three and a half hours plus on the bike which is normally the best part of 100k cycling um so that that's like a a six hour training day but it's all very you know aerobic and steady so uh it's actually quite easy so yeah so it's quite an easy week then really um, <laughs> um, i'm tired no. just thinking about it um and in terms of like obviously a lot of your sessions are physically taxing and you you push yourself to the limits so do you do anything to train your mind like mental training to to help you kind of achieve and, and push yourself to the absolute maximum especially you know when you're in competitions 
I don't do um, anything particularly, you know, focused and objective. And uh, I mean, I completely understand the reason for doing this. And actually, I've just uh, written a book, so I'm going to plug that. It's called Relentless. <laughs> it's going to be out in June. Um, and I, t- I, I talk, ask this question to it. lots of other people, lots of other athletes, um, from, uh, you know, Ronnie O'Sullivan, the, the snooker player, to Ian Botham, the cricketer, and, and, and all kinds of different people. And, um, you know, I, I get it. For some people, the attitude is I spend all these hours every week, every month training the body. I should train the mind as well. And some people don't believe it. I, I think the stance is actually I've spent a lifetime racing and uh, training. And through a lot of that, I've picked up and developed my own ways of dealing with the mind stuff, as it were. So, you know, dealing with the anxiety of leading up to races and, and dealing with the issues and lows of injury and other things and controlling my emotions uh, around that. And a lot of that stuff is stuff, I wouldn't say it's come naturally to me because I've had to work on it, but probably work on it in my own way. And um, working on it probably started as a, you know, an eight-year-old when I was running around the muddy field doing cross-country running and working out how to prepare for that. With your with your events, you've got lots of different aspects of, of them, whether it's the swim, the, the run or the bike. How important is it for you to fuel your body for the different parts of the events? And also, we I'm a useless cook. I think Ellen's better than me. Uh, who's a cook in your house? And do, do you live with Johnny? Uh, no, I don't live with Johnny. Um, uh, <laughs> we did live together. That's until, good then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did live together until yeah a while ago now, eight years ago. Also, and uh, yeah, we moved out of home and lived together for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think to be honest, we got on better with that when we don't live together. So uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that's the thing. Yeah, nutrition is a, a massively important part of what I do. That is what you know one of the oldest things in sport that you've got to uh, train, and then you you adapt by um, the recovery you get after after the training and part of that is nutrition part is rest and sleep part is of the recovery obviously and the answer is i'm an absolutely terrible cook <laughs> um, uh, absolutely awful um ask any of my uh friends and uh you know people i go training with and they'll tell you i'm an awful cook put you forward to master chef then right yeah no thank you not unless you want to. <laughs> and that's alistair brownlee talking to ellen white and richard whitehead for their podcast track and ball which is well worth a follow That's it from me today. Thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye.